a lot of times we see all of these fake experiences and fake personalities that are trying to attract, but you attract the wrong person at that point. And so just staying true to who you are, being honest with how you present yourself and how you want to serve your community, that's going to be the best way because it will naturally attract everybody. And you'll be shocked at how many people all of a sudden are knocking on your door. We're like, yeah, I'm ready. When's the retreat? When's your conference? Hello and welcome to the Social Acre Podcast. I'm your host, Terry, principal and founder of the Social Acre Agency. This podcast is home for the trailblazers and unconventional doers for all things business, self-development, and motivational pick-me-ups. You'll hear the real and raw struggles of entrepreneurship, solo episodes from myself, and expansive stories from guest speakers. Each week, you will leave feeling like you're not alone on the journey to wanting more. You can expect to feel inspired and empowered to get off the fence and take action. So pull up a chair, get your headphones on, and join the conversation. Hello and welcome to the Social Acre Show. Today we are here with Anna, corporate ladder climber turned serial entrepreneur, founder of the Elevated Collective and the Elevated Female, connection expert and event and retreat planner. Anna is going to shed some insight on the benefits of curating in-person experiences for your community. So Anna, I am so excited to chat with you today. Please introduce yourself to my audience and share a little bit about you and how you founded the Elevated Collective. Yes. Well, Terry, thank you so much for allowing me to be here and to serve your community. I'm really, really excited. And thanks for that intro. That pretty much was a fantastic start to the introduction. So I have been in the corporate event and hospitality space for now over 13 years, and it was my dream job. I literally went straight from college to corporate, and that was something that I dreamt of for many, many years. And, you know, it was like the parents approved and exactly, you know, where my future was going. I was in this dream corporate job managing events all over the world, traveling, hosting hospitality programs, and it truly was everything and anything that I, like, wanted to do when I was younger. And so fast forward about 12, I would say 12 years into corporate world, I started realizing that it was starting to get stagnant. I wasn't in my dream job, but I wasn't happy. right? Right. And so there were kind of these two moments, right, that allowed me to really realize that I needed to pivot and change from more Britain and kind of go on my own as an entrepreneur. And one of them, actually, I didn't even realize (laughs) It was the best, like an aha moment, so to speak. Yeah. But unfortunately, I went through a legit burnout. And I'm sure a lot of people that are in corporate can relate. You go through this, you're on this high, and then all of a sudden you you come to this wall. And you're really questioning everything that you're doing. You love what you're doing, but yet you're super unhappy. I went through a stage where I went into a lot of medical problems. I ended up getting really Mm -hmm. depressed. But at the same time, the Instagram photos and all the travel, it showed that I was extremely happy and I loved my Mm -hmm. job and I loved being in corporate. And I didn't know that I was experiencing burnout at the moment when I was in corporate. And a couple of years later, I ended up uh, actually attending a retreat of my own or I went on a retreat for myself. And that was like the biggest aha moment of 
Yeah. That's what I need to be doing. That's where I need to transition and step away from corporate and a lot of politics and the rules and, and mm-hmm. just the, the massive structure that can wear and tear on you, really. Oh, yeah. And being able to experience a retreat and to see the transformation that I had on day one and I had three days left. That to me was seriously the pivotal moment of I need to transition and leave the corporate world and be able to take all of my magic and skills and love for events and connection and bring that over to what that variation of events and and service was for me. I love that. I love that you took something that was so transformative for you and really turned that into an opportunity to serve others in that same capacity. I think that is so powerful. And the almost the ultimate way to create a business of connection, of impact with your personal story attached to it. I think a lot of us as business owners or founders, when we start a business, we don't always have that personal story, right? We just founded something and then We have a mission and a vision and we want to work towards that. But to be able to have that personal story of I did this, it changed my life and now I want to help people do the same. That's really, really powerful in business. Yeah. And I feel like that's how the passion comes out, right? You know what potentially your clients and your guests are going to go through because you've been through it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's also what helps you be successful. And I'm not saying successful in a monetary way. But mm-hmm. for you to be happy and for you to be able to serve your community in the way that should, they should be served in your space, it completely comes down from your heart, from your experience, from your soul to be able to serve that. And for me, that was where two part where I didn't want to be in the burnout anymore. I didn't want yeah. to be doing the seven to 12 grind. I did love the travel 100%, but I can do that same travel doing it on my own terms and serving the right people that I wanted to serve. Because that was also a pretty interesting revelation that I would think that I had. It was, I still serve corporate clients, but I'm serving the corporate clients that fit right and have the right relationships and the boundaries. And it's an easy working relationship versus what I used to have where it was like forced onto me and it was, you have to deal with it, you know? Yeah. I think we really need to try and work at redefining what success means to us, whether you're in corporate, whether you're an entrepreneur. A lot of the times, burnout is a result of focusing on monetary gain, on focusing on those monetary values. And once I hit six figures, then I'll be happy or successful. True fulfillment and success comes from not only doing something you're passionate about, because that'll make me sound like a broken record, but doing something without placing that monetary gain first as your why yeah placing other things above that can help you avoid burnout but can also help you fulfill your needs and actually be happy like to me happiness is success to me being able to choose who you work with is such a luxury and that in itself is success so i think if we can reframe the way that we see success in business and in life a lot of people could actually avoid the stuff that's bogging them down. You hit it so spot on, 100%. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, a really big learning lesson with a lot, whether you're a corporate or even a CEO, because full transparency, I hit burnout when I was CEO myself. And mm-hmm. I think it's just understanding also how to not reach that burnout and putting those stressors on yourself like monetary you know, levels and accomplishments mm-hmm. to, to be able to be happy with how you're creating it and being, I don't want to say content, but 
being okay with where you are in a certain stage of your business. Yes. I always like to say that I need to be content with where I am right now while working towards more or while working towards what I want. I think some people may shame you for feeling content, like, oh, go after it. Go after the bigger goals. Like, you need to achieve this. You need to achieve this. People screen that to us on social media, right? If you're not at six figures, you're not successful or whatever. And I think that if we can be content with what we're currently working on while having, you know, the three-year goals, the five-year goals, the 10-year goals, then we're in a better position to actually get to 10 years versus quitting halfway through. So good. 100%. I couldn't agree more with you on that. Yeah. I know it's not as uncommon to hear founders who have converted from the corporate world to entrepreneurship. I feel like that is way more common nowadays than it used to be. Yeah. And you know better than anyone else that this comes with a mindset shift from employee to self-employed. Can you shed some light on what it looked like to challenge everything you knew so well and how you managed to shift that mindset? Yeah. Mindset is still to this day something that obviously is super, super important. And I am not an expert in it at all and need to work on it every single day. And even more so, you know, I was an athlete before we were in college. So that accomplishments and like the have to have to be the best person and, and you know, and be the best in anything and everything I do has always been instilled in the way that I work and the way. I mm. And so I will say having that was really beneficial for me from transitioning mm -hmm. from corporate to being a CEO because it allowed me to really take that leap to trust and to really put those crazy, crazy goals for myself to achieve. But at the mm -hmm. same time, the mindset of having accomplishments and that I need the six figures within X number of months and I need this many clients, you know, in the first two, two months of the business, that also was actually a deterrent for me. And mm. which like I mentioned, kind of brought me into a burnout phase and putting way too much pressure on myself. So I will say one of the best investments that I made in myself and in the business was hiring coaches um, mm -hmm. and a variety of coaches, whether it was a business coach to help me kind of create the model of how I wanted this business to grow into, but also the mindset coach and the spiritual coach and being able to really lean into who I am now as a CEO. That was my biggest hurdle to go from being an athlete to being a very successful corporate employee. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm the CEO that doesn't have swimming, that doesn't have these accolades in corporate anymore. There's no breeze mm -hmm. coming from anybody. Who am I? <laughs> mm -hmm. And so it definitely took a lot of time and still working to this day to figure out that question and figure out how do I prioritize myself before the business? Uh, yeah, that's the biggest, biggest thing that I've seen a lot with a lot of like new business owners or even entrepreneurs that have had their business for, for many years. And it becomes the business comes first and not themselves as a person mm -hmm. mentally, physically. And so that for me was like the biggest and most important thing for me to be able to make this business a success because I had to focus on myself first. Yeah, I love that. I can totally resonate with the mindset of an athlete. Like I grew up playing every sport known to man. And I do really feel that it's contributed to my mindset and the amount of discipline that an entrepreneur can have. I, I think sports kind of craft you in the, in the sense to, to be disciplined. And I think one thing about entrepreneurship too that you've probably experienced is like from the corporate world, you're going from someone patting you on the back to learning how to succeed and fail with zero recognition, with zero pats on the back. 
And that can be so hard. It can be so isolating making that switch. How did you, I guess, coach yourself into being okay that that was no longer there? That's such a good question. I feel like that it's an ongoing battle of, of yeah to be okay. And I think just to add on a little bit to what you said, also, it's not only do you not get pat on the back, but you also don't get guidance on where you need to go. No, next, right? yeah, you're in a road and you have no clue which decision to make or, or what mm-hmm. to take. And so, I think for me, what I've been learning a lot is to truly, truly trust my gut. I think with the discipline of being an athlete for so many years, almost my entire life, to really trust the gut. Because at the end of the day, you know exactly what needs to get done. You know your goals. And Mm -hmm. if you don't trust what your body is telling you, what your mind is telling you, what your soul is telling you, then truly no one can tell you that, right? And I think that also when you look back and when I look back on my corporate days and how much I kind of admired and looked up to a lot of my mentors, I look back and I think, why was I making decisions based on what I wanted them to think? Why was I making decisions on what would make them happy or the approval, right? And so being a CEO and really not having anyone to say, hey, was this okay? Or this was a great job. It's really at the end of the day, what makes you happy? Yeah. Are you creating those goals and achievements? Again, still being in that goal orientation, but allowing yourself to truly stay in that gut feeling and and really hone in on kind of this feels right for me right now. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I always love to talk about honing in on like your intuition. I think it's so powerful and like 90% of us don't even tap into it ever. I'm going to compare it to having a boyfriend when you were younger and you knew, like you just knew that he he or she were not the right person for you and you dated them for five years anyway. I actually think of this when I make a business decision. (laughs) And then at the five-year mark, you knew it was over five years ago. You knew it wasn't meant to be, but you continued to do it. And your intuition was there the entire time. Totally. So what I like to do is when I have like a big decision coming up or I'm in a situation where I I need to think about it, I like to give myself time because your intuition sometimes doesn't kick in right away. You almost have that like reflection period. Where you're like, okay, this happened this week. I journaled five times about it and came to this conclusion. And now I'm going to decide to invest in this coach or go to this retreat because I finally have followed my intuition. But a lot of us in business, it's tough to do that because sometimes you have to make decisions quickly. Right. And your intuition doesn't always show up that fast. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I think really, I think really powerful. Up, I think you brought up a really good point, though. At the end of the day, if If you are having trouble making those decisions kind of on the fly, you know, make that pros and cons list. I know it's like so back of old school, but I think that's a perfect way. If you do have to make really quick decision and don't have that time to kind of think through or Mm -hmm. sit with it, truly, I mean, I to this day make a pros and cons of the things that I need to decide on and, you know, weigh the options. Talk to my family and friends, those that I trust too, right? Like, Yeah, you don't want too much outside input in certain decision making. But if you are torn between a decision that your gut is kind of going both ways, allow for those that are close into your, you know, network to your kind of sphere to provide their opinions. Because sometimes you do need a third perspective and to be able to Mm -hmm. kind of like see outside of maybe what you are blinded to see sometimes as a as a CEO too. Being able to receive that criticism, that constructive criticism, I think can make us all better founders and entrepreneurs. Sometimes we don't want to hear it, but 
what we don't want to hear is like what we need to hear nine times out of ten. need to hear it 100%. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's dive into connection because you are so good at this. So a lot of people in my audience, some of them are early stage founders and entrepreneurs, you know, just getting started maybe in the year to two year mark. What would you tell someone who is working to build their audience? They have a base foundation and a community and they're keen to connect more organically, but they may not have the numbers yet for an in-person event. I always tell my clients, start small. Mm. Doing an event doesn't mean you have to have a X thousand person conference. You can have just a coffee meetup with four or five other people from your community. It can be very cool. You can hop on a Zoom call. And I know we're all fatigued over, you know, from Zoom for the last couple of years. But that is a perfect way to start to build the opportunity and inform your community that you are kind of starting to dabble into bringing all of your community together for events. And there's different variations of events and ways to bring and create connection. And so, like I said, if you're one, afraid to create a large event and experience because it is a lot and it could be overwhelming, scale it down and, and be able to have it be just a couple hours at a, at a local coffee shop or restaurant or a happy hour. Or if you have a good group already that is re like really intrigued and wants to meet with you, have it be, you know, a VIP day or a weekend workshop and kind of like, you know, start scaling up every single time you, you have this intuitive experience of I need to bring, you know, more of my community together. And the other thing is also talk to your community and see what they would like. Right. At the end of the day, you are serving them to be able to give you your knowledge and then your experience to your community. So why not ask them what they want? Would they just meetups, you know, once a month and that would be enough for them? Or are they ones that want to go away for a week for a retreat and like fully dive into an immersive experience and to be able to really almost market research and find out what is best for your community? Because not every community is going to be the same. You know, my community is going to be completely different from yours. I mean, from the next person. So be super informed, find the information that you need from your group and, and allow them to answer some of those questions for you. Mm, I love that. I love the idea of in-person, you know, connecting in person. I think coming out of these past two years where there's been a lot of disconnect, mm -hmm. a lot of people are now working from home. A lot of people, people may have more anxiety towards in-person, more hesitation yeah. towards in-person. How can we cultivate or reinvent that space again to invite people who may be feeling a little anxious or hesitant to those in-person experiences with open arms and just be able to create that really strong sense of belonging. Do you have any tips? The biggest thing is just be yourself. Yeah. And I know it, that that's like, wait, Anna, that's it. <laughs> From my experience, because fully being fully honest, I was so shy. I was so reserved, like leaving college and going even into my my corporate job and learning to kind of open up and, and create those connections and network and, mm -hmm. and how to cultivate those relationships. A hundred percent. It was terrifying for me. And and even having conversations, you know, on stage or anything like that would, I mean, I would sweat for days before just even thinking about it. Right. And so yeah. I think the true idea is be yourself because at the end of the day, that's who your community is going to, right? Like that's mm -hmm. how you attract them is by who you are and what you're giving and what you're sharing. So my biggest, biggest thing is just be truly you yourself. And then, then kind of going off of that is just be honest too. 
Yeah. I feel like, you know, a lot of times we see all of these fake experiences and fake personalities that are trying to attract, but you attract the wrong person at that point, you know, mm-hmm. and so just staying true to who you are, being honest with how you present yourself and how you want to serve your community. That's going to be the best way because it will naturally attract everybody. And you'll be shocked at how many people all of a sudden are knocking on your door. But like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, when's the retreat? When's your conference? Yeah. I think oftentimes we don't realize that nine times out of 10 people would want to connect with us more if we did show those silly quirks. If we did have those blurb mess up in our speech and continue talking because it's showing people it's okay to take imperfect action. It's okay to make mistakes. And I think the more that your audience can relate to you as a human being and not just this thing that is building a business that is offering a service the more people that will flock to you. Get on the stage and, you know, mess up and be okay with it because it shows people, it gives other people the courage to, they want to do it, they can go on and do it because they've seen that you've made a mistake, you're okay with it, you continued on. If you're looking for more organization, efficient systemization, automation, project management, and so much more, you're going to love HoneyBook. HoneyBook is your one-stop shop for all things customer relationship management. I've been using HoneyBook since inception, and let me tell you, it has made a world of a difference in operating my business and providing an incredible customer experience. Get 20% off your first year using HoneyBook by heading to the site www.thesocialacre.com slash links. And I think that for me also, like I would see a lot of my, you know, mentors, coaches, and those that I looked up to have those hiccups. And to me, Mm -hmm. wait a second, they're not put on this pedestal. They're not this perfect person that, or I would always think, or we always think they are, they Mm -hmm. are humans, right? Like we have to make mistakes in order to learn. So for, you think you said it so spot on and in order to really attract the right people, they want to be able to see the real, the raw, the no makeup, and sometimes, you know, in your PJs if if you need to. And that's what makes you you at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. At the same time, if you love getting dressed up and you're wearing high heels every day at your at your desk, that's amazing. That's you and you're going to attract that community. Yeah. It's interesting how this even applies to my business because I really think the face of branding is changing. Because a lot of people will want to sit down and say, okay, let's flesh out my ideal client avatar. When it's like, okay, well, why don't you just be yourself and the people who want to follow you and the people who like you will be drawn to you and that'll be your tribe. I guess it depends if you're building, you know, a corporate brand versus a personal brand. But I do see that shift Mm -hmm. and people are craving connection now more than ever. So I think that the key to really being successful in any business, let alone an event one, you know, where you're hosting in person. is just doing you. 100%. That leads us into many founders are also introverts. We're not all extroverts, (laughs) which can make networking and connecting, you know, feel a bit more uncomfortable and in some cases trigger a lot of anxiety. But the thing is, we know that as founders, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, it's something we have to do. It's just part of life. It's part of business. You have to get out there and connect and meet people. What skills do you think are maybe necessary to harness and or, you know, work on flex in order to become better at connecting more naturally with others? Yeah, I love this question because this was a burning question for myself. As I was growing as a person, 
and yeah. leading into from corporate and, you know, into being a CEO. And the way that I took it going hand in hand with the kind of the last conversation when we had was just being myself and not trying to put a front and not trying to come in it as like, oh, I'm the CEO of the Elevated Collective, but more of like, I'm Anna. And I would absolutely love to just have a conversation with you, connect, have a relationship, right? And just be real. Mm. I think a lot of times, and myself included, I would, in the beginning, go into a networking opportunity as seeing dollar signs and seeing mm. a client or someone that I want incorporated into the business. And very, very quickly started learning that that is not the way to do it because people are going to, they're going to sense that. They're going to see it. Mm -hmm. They're going to see it's more of a transactional relationship rather than a true relationship connection. I think that the biggest thing to, to just really make sure is, you know, when you're going into an, a conversation or a networking opportunity or just a day-to-day, -day, whoever you're meeting on the street, truly just be genuine in wanting to know who they are, what they mm -hmm. do, learning about them as a person and not as a business transaction or potential yeah. lead or anything like that. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because it's actually why I started my podcast in the first place. Love it. I really wanted to have some sort of platform, and I think every business owner should, to be able to connect with people on a level that does not involve, hey, what do you offer? Yes. You know, it's like, I want to expand my network so that I have a support system so that I can genuinely talk about what makes you tick. What was your career pivot like? Why did you think that way? Why did you make that decision? Like entrepreneurs isolate themselves a lot. Very so being able to host that platform or, or have something in your business that allows you to create those genuine connections is really where the money is at. And I'm not actually yeah. talking about the money. Right. But I think that's where the sweet stuff is, is when you can actually just be you and talk to people. Yeah. And for me, that's also why I ended up then transitioning and creating the elevated female because mm -hmm. I was missing those connections. I was missing yeah. the opportunity to just have genuine conversations with other amazing women. Because like you said, we do isolate ourselves in entrepreneurship. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's pretty much you and your computer. Some of us have a team, maybe in the beginning you don't. And so a lot of times it's super, super lonely. And so for myself, I was working with my operations manager and the bond that we created working on anything and everything was just this aha moment of, we all can help each other in anything and everything that we do. We all have different perspectives. We all have different experiences that we can bring to the table. And so for the Elevated Female, we ended up bringing this, you know, event series to just bring women together at mm. no purpose solely for just creating connections and having conversations and allowing us to have discussed topics that are not talked about very often, right? Or not, we don't have the time to have conversations about certain topics. And so mm -hmm. exactly to your point, to create opportunities and, and create the chance to bring everyone from your community in to find that support, to have someone to talk to. For us, it's if you find someone that can be helpful in your business, amazing. If you are a mama that just really needs to talk about whatever she's going through with another mom, that's an opportunity, right? And mm -hmm. whatever outlet you need and whatever conversations you need to have, create a space for your community to have one another, to have those opportunities to chat. Yeah, the elevated female sounds like everyone, everyone who's listening right now, hop in on that because I feel like it's the one thing that a lot of people are missing in their life and in their businesses is a community. And a community isn't, you know, you have you made one virtual friend and you chat with them and you have a bad day. It's like 
You have to make an effort to be a part of these things. You have to want to be vulnerable and share your story because that's the yeah. only way other people can be themselves Yeah, is if you're vulnerable. If you're not and you're showing this watered-down version of yourself, then nobody around you is going to feel comfortable enough to draw their curtains back. So it's incredible that you have created a community where everyone is just like a free-for-all, being able to talk about things that maybe they otherwise wouldn't because you've given them a platform and a space to talk, to raise their voice. And that is incredible in and of itself. Thank you. No, I, you know, and, and the passion for me with events and connections and community, at the end of the day, I mean, it's to me, it's so rewarding just to see everyone having those conversations and relationships mm -hmm. and friendships and being able to meet people that you wouldn't have met otherwise. And yeah. that's whether we plan it for our clients or through the events that we that we host. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what really is amazing to see is when one person opens up, the next one opens up because mm -hmm. they have the courage, then the next person and the next person, right? And so you're really inspiring and you're motivating and you're allowing unbelievable opportunities to really come to light. We had a just quickly simple example at one of our recent events where an amazing woman started sharing about her trials and things that she was going through on a personal level. And another woman then stepped in and had the courage to finally say, I'm going to start my podcast. I've had this vision. I've had this idea and have written this stuff out, but just have not taken mm -hmm. that first step. And for us to see all of that kind of come together at this event with two women that didn't know each other before then and to encourage each other was just mm -hmm. so amazing to see and the opportunity of knowing, you know, what really can happen in everyone's life is just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's interesting because that one person had the courage and the vulnerability to stand up and speak her truth. She allowed someone to embark on her journey of starting a podcast. So that is the power of connection and vulnerability. You might not think that you're impacting others through your podcast or through an Instagram post. There are thousands of people that just watch. And one day you're going to make a post, you're going to say something that's going to give them the courage to do the thing that was in, on their back burner for five years. Yeah. So honestly, yeah. what the biggest thing that I've learned with community and events and creating relationships, you don't know who's watching you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And you probably will never know some of the people that watch you and you change their lives. It's obviously so amazing if you someone does come up to you and, and they share that you have transitioned their life in, in one way or the other. But honestly, just continue doing what you're doing, right? Like mm -hmm. if this is a passion for you, if you just have this love of helping, serving, you know, however that looks like for you, just keep going even through the pitfalls and even through the amazing highs. You truly don't know the transformations and the changes that you yeah. can, uh, through yeah. Bernie and through what you're serving. We often don't realize our impact sometimes. And yeah. I'll give you an example. I was having a really bad week, like full depressive week. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I was questioning myself, my business. I was having a hard time separating my business success from my personal success. Yeah. And I remember just having a conversation with my mom and she lives six hours away from my original hometown, very small town. And I told her I was having a bad day, right? You're, I'm venting to my mom. And yeah. she's like, you know what? I just ran into someone in the grocery store that I went to high school with. Yeah. And they started talking about how 
they listened to my podcast and they were just raving about me. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here like I didn't even know that I had impacted this. I didn't even know that they were listening. Right. Like we really don't understand who and how we're impacting people sometimes. And if you can just sit down and think about everything that you've done and the people you've impacted, that has to be enough to keep going. So, so true. I had a very similar experience with a mentor of mine that I looked up to for so many years in the corporate world. And I feel like for me, I was like, oh, but she's always better, right? She's always Mm -hmm. more accomplished as a mentor. And come to find out, she once started learning how I started pivoted from corporate to becoming my own CEO. She came to me and told me how that motivated her to leave corporate and to go after her dream of owning a business and doing this unbelievable business plan that she has. But that alone to me was just so pivotal as a person and as a personal Mm -hmm. belief of who you look up to or who you impact on a day-to-day basis. Because honestly, the least expected person for me to be able to say like that I helped create some kind of transition ended up being a person that I admired so much and to be able to cry on the phone together. And it was just- Yeah, I love that. And I had no clue. I had no clue. Oftentimes we don't. And it's when we do find out, it's it's such a beautiful experience to know that we are impacting people that we may not even know. Yeah. And if whoever's listening right now, you know, whatever season of life or business or whatever it is that you're doing that you're in, just know that like your voice is impacting someone else. The things that you do and, and the decisions you make they are impacting other people. You may not know it, but it's happening and it's it's very real and people need to hear from you. No matter what's going on in your life, if someone is telling you you can't do it or you're not enough or you don't have enough experience or you don't have whatever it is, whether you impact one person or a thousand people, you still have the power to make that genuine connection and make a change. So good. I love this. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap it up with one more question because I really want to know this one. It's a selfish question because I'm curious. (laughs) Go for it. For anyone listening and even myself that is considering planning an in-person event for their community, can you walk me through what you believe to be the must-haves in order to curate a high-impact connection-driven event? Yeah. So such a good question. So I'm going to give you kind of my top three that I always love to share with my clients as we kind of build their experience. The first is just a customized experience for your guests. Mm -hmm. And you probably are like, Anna, but what if I have like multi-thousand event conference? How am I supposed to customize it for every single person? And there's so many different creative ways to make each guest feel like you specifically did that experience for them. Obviously, you know, as simple as badges, Mm -hmm. naturally having it be something interactive. So maybe they're putting their name on it versus it already be printed to allow them to really be part of the experience. But then also there's just so many different opportunities where different activations that you can incorporate for them to, again, be really part of it and understand your community and know what they're coming there for other than just maybe the speaking topics, right? So incorporating and kind of knowing your community to create that customized experience on site definitely is like number number one. Yeah. The second is to really understand and hone in on the purpose of your event before you even start building it out. 
right? I think a lot of us are really excited and are like, all right, we're just going to bring everyone together. We're going to, you know, I'll speak and we'll talk about this or we'll bring in a speaker, which is great. But at the end of the day, you want a firm purpose. And I call this mm-hmm. like your North Star. Like, why are you hosting this event? What do you want your guests to leave with, right? Like what nuggets, how do you want them to feel or be transformed once they leave your experience? So really understanding kind of that focal core mission of why am I hosting this event? And the second is is truly creating a flow in your agenda. And I say this because it's super, super important. I've seen retreats that are literally back to back to back to back. <laughs> and the mm-hmm. guests don't have a chance to breathe. They don't have a chance right. to really sit in what they just experienced, especially in intimate setting like a retreat where there's a lot going on. You're working mm-hmm. a lot of inner feelings, inner thoughts, and allowing for your guests to truly just like sit journal, understand what they just experienced, but even going into conferences, right? Like it could be overwhelming. You know, a lot of people are going to travel in. Traveling can be a little bit scary, allowing for transition periods to a little bit, be a little bit longer, allowing for people to connect uh, with other people, not necessarily just who they're sitting next to. Allowing for those spaces and that time for everyone to really sit with what they're taking in and your experience is, is super, super important. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know better than me, but I think maybe without those pauses, without the time to reflect, we may not be able to reach the breakthroughs that we would like because instead of feeling the breakthrough, we feel the overwhelm. Right. So I really, really love that. In that situation, you're kind of going to the next and to the next and to the next and not Mm -hmm. really actually understanding the conversation or what was spoken to and really being able to say, oh, okay, maybe these are the next steps that I need to do to implement to be able to see that transformation or to actually experience what was talked about. Yeah. Reflection is powerful for sure. Yes. Yes. This was so great. Where can they find you and how can you support them in 2022, 2023? Yes. Yes. You can find me on Instagram at Anna.Grigleska. We'll definitely spell that out for everybody. (laughs) You can also visit our website at theelevatedcollective.co. And I am on LinkedIn. So if you're a LinkedIn social media guru, I am there with at Anna Grigleska. And ways that we can support you in the event space, we have different areas and levels of, of support. So if you need full support service, we come in and just literally do everything A to Z for you. Incredible. On site. But then we have other packages if that's not what you're looking for, of consulting and VIP days and mm. really any level of assistance that you need and any questions that you have about events and community creation, we were here to support in that way. So great, Anna. You know what? Everyone needs what you have to offer right now because there's yep. nothing more important than community, especially after what we've all just gone through in the past two years. So, so needed. I hope everyone connects with you from my audience. I know (laughs) I... Ready to connect with everyone. I'm thrilled that we were able to have this conversation. You're my second official guest speaker on the Social Lakers show. So I'm I'm so glad to share, you know, your knowledge with everyone. You're super insightful. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was, this was such a blast. I am so thankful to whoever is listening right now. And I would love to hear from you. Screenshot your podcast app and tag the Social Liquor Podcast on Instagram. If you feel so moved, please leave us a review. I can't wait to connect with you and hear your biggest takeaways. Until next time, bye everyone.